Hello, and welcome to Our Creative Intuition, a podcast for you who create and live between worlds. As an intuitive and creative, you have unique challenges and gifts to offer the world. Your sensitivity and creations matter. Our creative intuition is your soothing, affirming companion for those long hours creating the work of your soul. Most of these episodes will be just me being your companion on your journey with energy and creativity. Sometimes I'll bring other inspiring friends and guests along. There will be book recommendations, stories on energy and nature, and how they connect with art making. And sometimes I'll also have episodes that are just sound bath meditations. My name's Megan, and I'm an artist, creativity guide, energy healer, and meditation facilitator, and founder of Dreams of Source, a space for creative empaths, highly sensitives, and intuitives living between worlds, cultures, and borders. So let's dive into today's episode. One of the best things about being an artist is this experience of birthing an idea. Sometimes in the more solitary moments of art making, you really feel it. This feeling of being so enamored with an idea that it fuels you while you birth it into form. It comes first as an inspiring thought that lights you up. You see a vision in your mind's eye or a feeling that you want to pursue this. This curiosity to discover what will happen when you create this idea drives you. It feels like a moment when anything's possible. It's similar to falling in love. I've been reflecting lately on how the energy of an idea itself is very nourishing during those long hours of creating. The whole creative journey is a journey of discovery where something gets revealed in the end. A lot of the time, the end result of a creation hits like a surprise. I find this whole journey deeply fascinating. There are moments too when you receive an idea that feels so immense and so new that it feels like you're not ready for it. These ideas are intimidating, yet you're intrigued by them and a deeper, more curious part of yourself feels called to them. Many creations called forth by your soul will feel like this. And I think it's because that fear or doubt you feel is that smaller part of you, the personality part of you, the part of you that doesn't have a bird's eye view of your life, but is deep in living it. And that idea has hit on an edge of your human self. And to go for this idea will mean you need to stretch beyond your edge. It will require your human self to grow. These are the creations that change you. My teachers call them initiation moments. Moments when, if you say yes to this idea, 
you're forever changed. These creations call forth your growth, in your capacity, in your wisdom, and in your capabilities. It requires your growth so you have the container to birth this creation into form. Perhaps it will call for you to learn a new skill or a new discipline, to learn about a social issue or to discover a new reality about humanity. These are the creations that, when you look back, you'll be in awe by how it changed you. How it made you into a wiser person, now with the new skills you picked up from your creative journey. Skills that you can eventually offer to others as medicine. I think there's something fascinating about not just creating an idea, but also being with it. That moment when you're just relishing a new idea, sitting with it, mulling it over, and dreaming of it. It can be a delicious experience too, this moment. More gets revealed during this time. More details and more serendipitous moments in everyday life that may affirm and give more shape to this idea. This is the time when you write notes or sketch out or plot out the timeline of when you'll create this idea. I love this phase. It's the phase when you're really getting to know this new thing you're about to embark on. This podcast is one of these delicious ideas that I sat with for quite some time. It came to me a few months ago, and it was an intriguing, exciting, soft, and inviting idea. Although, I also found it slightly intimidating, not because of the energy of the idea itself, but because it's something completely new that I didn't foresee. It's something I've never done before, nor ever considered doing. I really wasn't sure the moment it came if I'd do it. But the more I sat with the idea, the more joy I felt just being with it. More details came when I let go and did other things. More serendipitous moments, synchronicities as some of my friends and I like to call it. I didn't push for it. Instead, it felt like a gentle stream that I could go back to again and again, nourishing me in these dreamy moments. Until finally, enough details, inspiration, and refinements later, I felt the nudge that, yes, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to birth this creation into form, just because this idea seems so joyful to engage with. When an idea for a creation comes, I like to approach it with deep curiosity and respect. I know in my heart that this idea is a seed, and like any seed, it will bloom into something that could bring nourishment, joy, hope, inspiration, beauty, or healing for someone. Sometimes that someone is just me, and I'm grateful. Sometimes it's a few other people. I've come to learn through the years that it's not wise to predict nor to control how many people will be impacted by your creations or even to think about how they should be impacted. 
I've come to find that these creations have their own work to do, independent of me, like a parent nourishing a child, someone that came through me, but not of me. These works have their own personality, and they have their own work to do. I've come to learn that it's more important to regard an idea like a seed that has come through you, and you do your best in the moments you're with it, to do your best in its creation and crafting it to the best of your ability and with your current skills, to hold your focus, attention, and devotion, to hold a grateful energy that's clear and harmonious for the idea, and to share it in a way that honors and elevates its value. And then, to let it all go. The work of the idea, to inspire, to heal, or make someone feel something deep within them. That work is your creation's work alone, independent of you. I think when we see and approach ideas in this way, it's easier to strive to grow, to do better, to receive feedback, to approach the end process with curiosity, without making your identity too tied to the creation itself. Sometimes some ideas are very easy and open, and the act of creating them flows smoothly. Some ideas, however, can be stubborn or stern, and they will not give their jewels to you that easily. I've come to find these ideas have a Saturnian sort of energy, like the energy of a stern father or mentor, and they want to see you work diligently and committedly first before revealing themselves fully to you. Some ideas, too, can be quite powerful, and there's nothing for you to do but to allow yourself to be transformed by them, inside out and back again. These ideas are the ones that really change you. These ideas are closest to the bone of your soul, closest to the truth of who you really are and what you're here to do. They are the ones that move you along to your destiny. I've been feeling more and more lately that, after many strings of failures in my creative journey, as well as successes in achieving goals, that focusing on these swings can be distractions to the actual work and why we work. There are moments when, if you experience failure, you might wonder if you'll ever create again or what it's all for. And if you experience successes, it could also be something that will make you complacent and fall into a trap of entitlement, being identified with titles, accolades, labels, 
results or the external validation of others. I've been feeling more and more lately that the only sane and sustainable way to live a creative life, if you are to live the life of an artist, and especially if you're an intuitive one, is to have the joy and love of the creative process itself be the main reason why you're creating. It's the making of the thing itself that fuels you. This is the only way to live this life long term. If you're creating a new soul-led business, it's the making of this business itself that fuels you. If you're painting, it's the making of this painting itself that fuels you. If you're writing a book, it's being with the idea and the experience of writing this book that truly fuels you. Any other reason, I've come to find even something that might seem noble, like helping others, can be a fickle one. If you help birth an idea into form to the best of your ability and capacities, and you pour your love and presence into it, and you do your best to elevate it so it reaches its energy far and wide, and you are clear with your intentions of why you're doing what you're doing, then the energy of the idea itself will be helpful. It will help someone. Even something as simple as adding beauty, inspiration, and meaning into someone's home for, say, a painting. That is still a profound service to someone. This reason of creating for the love of the process itself sits outside of our current societal metrics of failure and success. And it must because there's no doubt that the life of an artist, the creative path, the creative intuitive path is not an easy one. It's one that contains a lot of ups and downs, cycles of deaths and rebirths, isolation, judgment, misunderstandings, rejections, and the excruciating process of birthing something into form. Not to mention stresses around money, self-doubt, and the tension of communicating something to others that you yourself find a mystery. Being in a constant state of growth and transformation, which is required of you in a creative life, while ultimately so rewarding, is also challenging. And if you are an empath or an intuitive creative, a lot of your creations are also so new that the current systems, structures, and ways of being of our current world are not a fit to what you're here to do. Sometimes a lot of the paintings, music, businesses, or even new inventions and systems you're here to create don't have the forms that exist yet in our current physical life. Sometimes you're here to birth them. You're here to birth the new. Or you're here to mirror what we could be, a new vision of what we could collectively be as humanity. And being a pioneer in this sense can be lonely. Not many will understand you. Despite the difficulties of a creative life, their rewards are so worth it. I've grown and changed in ways that I could never have predicted because of many creative projects. I've met many kindred souls and inspiring people because of my creative work. I've learned deeper about the inner workings of this life, of nature and our big, beautiful universe 
through creativity. And I've had so many profound moments of joy, beauty, awe, and inspiration in the process of making things. I've come to learn that the process of making the thing itself is the reward. The process of sitting down in front of an easel, facing a blank canvas, and going on a journey to make this thing that process stirs so much pleasure and joy and discovery and epiphanies and by the end of it, it's a delight that you have a tangible thing that you can admire and be in awe of at the end of your journey. That's truly special. Lastly, what I want to share about birthing an idea into form is who it's all for. And what I'm learning deeper more and more is that our souls, that infinite, ancient, and still unique aspect of our consciousness that's deeper and wiser than our personalities or ego, is here to serve certain others. And when you serve the callings of your soul, Aligning with the melody of the core of your being, that alone is healing for those who resonate with its melody. And so, your creations will be supportive to those who resonate with you. So, the way to serve others, the way to serve those who we're here for, is to serve our soul, to follow its lead. And the ego hates that. Our personalities want to take the lead mainly because its main frequency is fear, its main goal is survival, and the way it manages this fear of not surviving is through control. We need the ego or the personality though, because this is what we need to live this life on the earth plane. Without it, we cannot survive. Fear has helped us and our ancestors evade physical life dangers for thousands of years. However, because it doesn't have a bird's eye view of your life, it actually doesn't know best when it comes to the deeper aspects of why we're here on Earth. And I've come to find that unlike the personality where its main impulse is to survive, the soul's main impulse is to serve and to expand. The personality has the ability to grow in more wisdom and light, and when it does, it becomes more and more comfortable to surrender and let the soul and your inner source lead. It becomes more and more transparent to the light of your core self. It then serves and no longer hinders or sabotages the work of your soul. And I think if you're a soul-led creative, if you're an intuitive creative, this dance of letting the personality follow the lead of the more expansive part of your being, it's an important dance. The ability of your personality to become more transparent to the light of your inner being allows for clearer healing energy to come through you and your creations. And that is felt. I've found that when creators have this light of their soul or inner source imbued within their creations, the creations themselves feel more quiet. 
It doesn't have this feeling of chaos, but instead there's a harmony to it that rings deep. And the way to do this, I've found, as no doubt we can't do this perfectly all the time, is through cultivating inner silence and cultivating presence during the creation process. Even if our outsides may be noisy, if you access this inner infinite silence that runs deep within you, it feels like immense love, and that love is ultimately felt in these creations. I hope these reflections on birthing an idea, loving an idea, and allowing the creative process itself to be the reward when living a creative, intuitive life has fueled you today, whether you're creating right now or resting. Sending you my love, and I'll talk to you again soon. If you enjoyed this episode, like, subscribe, or share it with someone who you feel could be supported by this episode too. My soul's work is to help empaths, highly sensitives, and intuitive creatives who live between worlds come home to the core of your being so you can transcend your current challenges and create what you're uniquely here to create and share. And if this feels right, I would really appreciate it if you leave a review on your favorite podcasting app so that this episode and all of these other episodes can reach those who need it too. If you're looking for more resources on energy, creativity, and grounding it all back to our life here on Earth, I invite you to my website at dreamsofsource.com.